Hi everyone and welcome to Geek Down, the show where two friends come together and try to figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And it is episode 34. Episode 34. Way to make it through that intro, Kate. Thanks. It was it was tenuous at best. Tenuous. Very, very apt word for it. There are many ways to listen to the Geek Down podcast. First and foremost is soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Every time a new episode goes live, it lives there. If you follow us there, you will get a notification every time a new episode goes up. As well, iTunes. Top right corner. Hit subscribe. Make sure it's Geek Down with the very sharp white logo. Why? What's the other Geek Down? It's like old-timey Art Deco lettering. Ah. Oh, we, we talked about this. Yes, there is a second one. So yeah, make sure you get the one with the super awesome logo done with the, great, with the awesome logo done by our friend Stuart Thursby. Thank you, Stuart. And uh, it's super easy. So easy. It just sort of appears magically. Magically, every time an episode goes up, that's all you have to do is subscribe. You don't have to do anything else. Episodes poof to your device. There you go. If you guys would like to reach us socially, there are also lots of ways to do that. The first one being the Facebook group. The Facebook group. Where we spend most of our time. Yes. Which is www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. You're looking at me like you wanted me to start it. I was going to throw the whole thing off. I was trying to like jazz it up a bit. (laughs) Jazz it up? Um, There are other ways as well. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, they're there. We use them sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, But what are they? Just in case. Uh, On the Twitters, at geekdownpod. On the Tumblrs, geekdownpod.tumblr.com. Or you can email us geekdownpod at gmail.com and we will get back to you eventually if you can do any of those and do twitter yeah it's twitter's when I, good it's when i pay the most attention to and, and i'm like hey i haven't checked up if, i haven't checked if people are being awful to amelia cook ha- have they been <laughs> yeah really i'm sorry amelia uh she wrote another one recently it was about um specifically about moe which has come up on the podcast tangentially because i don't consider myself an expert on it at all right what Moe is and what Moe is interpreted as are very different. Usually what it's interpreted as is kind of a pervy lollicon type of thing. Um, it's about, I, uh, you said some words together and mm. I'm not really sure what those words were. I said pervy. No, pervy lolly? Lollicon. What's a lollicon? Lo- Lolita complex. Okay, got it. Where it's about, you know, trying to engender intense feelings for a character that is young. Isn't that all usually? anime? And female, and yeah. All all anime? Not? No, no. Hashtag not all anime? <laughs> hashtag not all anime. Yeah, the, 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 the beef that she was not getting into, the beef that was trying to be picked with her, was, and I was going to say, forgive me if I'm getting this wrong, but I don't care enough if I'm getting it wrong. Um, somebody trying to say that, like, moephobia is a thing. I, I'm sorry, what? Moephobia is a thing, and like... Basically, that being into Moe is like a sexual preference, and it's who you are. It's a part of you as a person. So to uh, to question Moe as something weird, skeevy, and gross, and worth a critical look, yeah, is essentially like you know being prejudicial. It's as bad as transphobia or misogyny or anything else, homophobia. Yeah. Uh. Well, good for her to tr- for trying not to get into it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, y'all can miss me with that <laughs> non-discussion. Yeah, that, we're just gonna that we're I'm, gonna that like I'm about to have, and Amelia's not having it either. So yeah, we're gonna go around as always when 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 we hang up the plaque of uh, of Geek Down Heroes. 
Amelia Cook is going to have like the third slot. Yeah, I think so. Keep keep doing the Lord's work, Amelia. <laughs> so we don't have to. Yeah, T- takes the load off us because I'm not built for it. Maybe that's maybe that's better. I just wouldn't engage. Well, I mean, I'm no- notifications off. Speaking, actually, that that actually fits in quite well. I mean, I know we haven't done any real chit chat yet, but it fits in really well to uh, some news. Oh my god, are we going to deny the people chit-chat? All right, let's go. I don't think we're going to deny them chit-chat. I think we might just hold off on (laughs) chit-chat. We never deny them. Maybe we should. I'm sure there are many people who are just like, oh, they're going to talk about nerd bullshit? I'm out. I just wanted to hear them banter. (laughs) You have to wait for your banter now. You have to wait now. Uh, Daisy Ridley is someone who has stayed away from social media. Has she? She left, um, I believe it was... I'm going to say Instagram. Uh, she's done a, she done a lot of body positive stuff. Daisy Ridley, for those who don't know, played Rey in uh, Star Wars Force Awakens. And she um, has was doing really great sort of body, body positivity stuff. And then she had made some sort of um, political comments and people kind of harassed her off the internet. She made a decision to not deal with that. And she made a really good point, which was... Social media is a double-edged knife. You know, there are great things you can do with it, but there are not great things that happen to people on it. And there's a lot of pressure to keep on putting content out there and staying in touch. And she just, she's, you know, I think she said, I think she's in her early 20s, and she says, I got a lot of growing up to do and stuff to figure out, and I kind of don't need that extra pressure. So I like all those messages. Well, it's like, I'm going to forget her name, but... SNL uh, hired the first, their first Latina female yes, cast member. I heard about that. And somebody noticed that she was on a mad flurry of deleting tweets from like 2010. Oh, really? <laughs> because she knew once her name was out there, they were going to come for her. Yep. And they did. And they already found some stuff. And it's not, I mean, this up. The stuff wasn't like dropping racial epithets and stuff. It wasn't great. Yeah. It was, wasn't great commentary wasn't jokes per se it wasn't even bad jokes they weren't jokes they were just odd statements but i find it odd to go at somebody who you know is removing this stuff number one i find it odd that the first move is to start checking for receipts on somebody's twitter right it's like you're gonna have done something fucked up and we're gonna find it and i'm gonna be first you know Finding some, proving somebody problematic is the new first of of the internet. Of the internet, before you had to get that first comment. Now it's just going to be like I'm the one. I'm going to be the one to bust somebody for, you know, saying something rude about Asians or something. Right. Her deleting these comments already implies that, like, eh, kind of boofed that one, and maybe she didn't want to have to do a huge thing and make a statement and come out and do whatever. Who would blame her for that? I th- does anybody want to have to come out and do it? So yeah, I suppose the noblest thing would have been to like get out in front of it and been like, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm SNL's first Latina cast member. My name is Melissa Villasenor. And hey, I said some fucked up shit when I was a nobody yeah. and trying to get on, as it were. Sure, maybe she should have. Would any of us? Well, some of us don't have Twitter, so we don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah. And But I mean, she doesn't have like, you know, she's just a... She's not like a megastar. She's just somebody who just got hired for SNL. She was like a comedian or like in an improv group or something. She doesn't have like a PR team that's going to come along ahead of time and be like. These are the things you need to know. Yeah. 
So she's like, ooh, shit, that's fucked up. I should get rid of those. Which is And an, she did. And they're still going to go at her for that. Which is also an acknowledgement of, you know, this is, was not appropriate or this is not appropriate to say. Or... Thank even, you for making the point I couldn't find. Yes, <laughs> that's the point I was trying to make. It's like she... By deleting them, she's admitting that it was... I should not have done that. Yes. And also, they, I actually just spent the weekend, as we talked about in Port Hope, getting rid of a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of it was writing from when I was in junior high and high school. It was just filled with N-words. No, it was <laughs> not. I was going to say, but it was filled with some very silly ideas. Mm-hmm. And I would hate, even for stuff 10 years ago to be out there oh i find stuff yeah like thank you facebook memories for making it easy (laughs) to uh quietly delete the things that i said that were that were messed up you know i said so i've said there's some some shit that's popped up there that's been like body shaming there's some stuff that's popped up that's been you know i'm sure one of them said retard in recent memory it was just like ooh, that none of this is stuff i would do today no and I mean, I also get that kind of sense when you see movies from the 80s and everyone's smoking. Mm. Like, that would never happen today. (laughs) But it was so easy before to just, A, not realize that everything is going to be saved forever because it's a new concept. Forever. And also you grow as a person. And there's been a lot more awareness of social issues, what is appropriate just to say the also the ideas we may hold um prejudices we didn't realize we had before there's been a much more awareness brought up of some of these thoughts and ideas that we've got that may not be appropriate it's been a big big conversation so to look back at something from 10 years ago and call it out as you say is i don't think that's quite fair Giving people room to grow or change as a person is not really the forte of the uh, online massive. It's the second we learn about you, you had better be perfect as an individual. Yeah. You should never have been problematic in your life. People on the internet, the internet people seem to forget that um, celebrities and stars and people in the media are just humans. And they make mistakes and they say stupid things. And it doesn't make it okay all the time. But especially from a long time ago when maybe they were a very different person, that's not fair to trudge up and uh, make them feel awful and guilty and call them a bad person now for something they did then. Mm. There's is a line. The main lesson is the second she got done shaking Lauren Michaels' hand, she probably should have deleted her Twitter immediately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just quietly. Yeah. I think more, you, we find more and more um, celebrities are deleting their Twitters and their online profiles because people are so disrespectful. And there yeah. is that extra pressure like Daisy Ridley was talking about there there is uh, not just a pressure to, to be connected but to be perfect and that's impossible As Penny Penny Arcade said the greater internet fuckwad theory it is very important it's one of my favorite comment uh, comics of all time I know it off by heart if you want so something plus anonymity, anonymity equals fuckwad um it is uh, audience. Audience and anonymity. Plus anonymity. Plus a anonymity. Equals, yeah. Most importantly, the depiction of the fuckwad in the comic is saying shitcock, which is one of my favorite. <laughs> my favorite profanities of all time. Well, speaking of people who have opinions about things with no basis yes. to have them. Yes. 
segues are killing it. You hear that? It's just the sound of me nailing that segue off into the distance. <laughs> Airing during the finale of Mr. Robot this past week were a series of about 15 second teasers for the oh so controversial Ghost in the Shell Western adaptation. These have all been stitched together online, on YouTube. You can find them. Um, people have opinions about this. Which, okay, yeah, so they've got opinions <laughs> So, on Kate, this. I showed them to you, like, yeah. th- 30 minutes ago. Yep. Is this movie going to be good? You know, Jordan. Is this movie going to be bad? I might write you um, a several-paged uh, essay on the matter, because apparently everyone else has opinions about it. Do you have enough information from the minute of disconnected clips you got to form any sort of opinion on this movie? Um, truth be told, I do not. None of you do. Shut up. You have nothing to go on. It's Beep Takashi fired a gun and emptied the shells onto the floor. Oh my God, this is going to be the best movie of all time. Scarlett Johansson sat up in a bed and pulled a cord from the back of her neck. This movie's fucking shit. It's terrible. Shut up. All of you. Now, this is an ongoing problem. It's an ongoing problem with trailers in general. Yeah, the overarching thing is... teasers to be specific. Chris Ryan on The Ringer, formerly Grantland, now The Ringer, um, wrote something in the summer, I think, in the lead up to Suicide Squad that was like, down with trailers. The hype machine that goes into any movie, you see half the movie for free. Or at least all the funny bits. All the best parts. You know, the first time I ever heard that about a trailer was uh, when something about Mary came out. Mm-hmm. And my cousin, Jesse, I don't know, I was, I guess I was talking to my mom and she'd been talking to him about this movie and he'd gone to go see it. And it was sort of at the time kind of crazy because there was that whole thing with the cum in the hair. And that was sort of like, like it was one, it was one of the first really zany, weird comedies to come out of that group of people. I just like that we have a recording of you saying cum in the hair. (laughs) I say all kinds of things. (laughs) I say words together in sentences all the time. Uh, But my cousin had said, you know, I went to go see the movie and every funny bit was in the trailer. Mm-hmm. There was nothing else in that movie that made us laugh out loud. So he was very disappointed. And this is sort of ongoing. It's been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. They'll do, they won't just do teasers and a ton of different trailers. I think Disney's Moana is on like trailer number <laughs> 16. Um, they'll also do pieces of the movie right they'll do like a minute of footage or two minutes of footage. oh yeah or and like I here's think... a here's a special look at whatever and it'll be like a, some talk for the facebook page with the director and and i realize other things what i realize that there's two different spectrums right there's the the people who are like i'm absolutely don't want to see or know anything about the movie and there are those who you know want to know everything but i think there needs to be a balance in between that maybe not down completely with trailers because like you had mentioned before when we were talking about it people need to know a little bit about what the movie's about but maybe not the whole movie two trailers at most even that i'm not happy about (laughs) should be like one trailer and if you want a deep dive if you're that guy you know like back back in the day you could like (laughs) go on like ain't it cool news or something or some muckraking you know yeah fan site and get all your behind-the-scenes dirt and learn every detail and read a rough draft of the script or whatever you wanted to do. But for the rest of us, you know, mainstream plebes, yeah. one trailer. And when you get the trailer, the point is you don't even have a trailer yet. You don't get to have an opinion yet, nerds. I know you want to have an opinion about this movie so bad. 
so bad you're just chomping at the bit. You want this movie to be terrible, but you can't call it terrible yet because you have nothing. If I took you three random sentences from a Jonathan Franzen novel and said, is this book good? You can't tell me that. You yell at them. You tell them. Stop being stupid. Um, I think I might. this might bring up a, a challenge. A, cha- Ooh, a, a challenge? A geek down challenge. Do I have a, to make a sting for this? Yeah. <laughs> geek down challenge. Put a sting here. There we go. Um, so I think we should do a challenge where we pick a movie that's coming out in the fall mm-hmm. and we don't watch any of the trailers we don't radio silence radio silence and we go see the movie i'm down for that okay so next week we will pick movies that we know are coming out and we will do that listeners if you are down for this we will keep you posted on what movie we select and if you have any movies you would like to suggest and you can suggest to us movies and you can also do it yourselves yes so i think that you should let us know what on the facebook group you should let us know what movie you've you've picked which is that www Facebook. <laughs> That's why we don't switch the positions, Kate. Oh, oh, God, I can't. I can't. Do it again. Do it again. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash Geek Down Pod. There we go. Uh, let us know, and we'll update you guys next week about what we've chosen and, and try our very best to do Radio Silence and see how hard it is for those of you out there who don't want spoilers. However, I need to turn it around for a second. Okay. So that whole not having an opinion thing when you have <laughs> watched something thing. You're about to break your own rule right now. Maybe a little. Okay. So guess what I just found out? I bet it's about Star Trek. No, it is not about Star Trek. Oh my God. There's another Justice League movie. What? Huh? Another another animated oh, Justice okay. League movie. I was gonna say it's like you mean animated right yeah another one it's called justice league dark oh but this could be dope though i i'm not this is what i mean like we, uh, we haven't seen it we don't know if it's dope or not i'm just saying i'm just saying do they really have to make another animated movie but i know justice league dark is not I superman know, and batman but well it is batman well, why you put batman in there see see already already there's <laughs> problems there's batman and everything apparently they they in they do have Constantine in this, mm. which is really cool, and it is voiced by the guy who plays him on the television show. Oh, nice, Matt Ryan, and it it could be great. So for the listeners, uh, when they so when they did the New Fifty Two, I think yes, because they just did a Rebirth. Whenever they did the New Fifty Two, they uh, came up with Justice League Dark, which was basically your your mystic Justice League. So it's like the Phantom Stranger, yeah, Constantine, Z- Zatanna, Dead Man Zatanna. Yeah, it was like your mat, your magic peeps. Yeah, which, which is, was is a cool. really dope idea at the time. I thought, which is great. In this, uh, in this movie, uh, Zatanna's in it. Constantine, like I mentioned, Swamp Thing is in it. Dope. Um, and there are a couple of others like that you've mentioned, and Batman is there, and and Batman's there. So I, I I had been scouring for news and I hadn't really found anything that really was I was interested in. And I saw this and I really do like the DC stuff as we've talked about before. The animated stuff that is. I haven't actually watched any of their movies lately, <laughs> but all the animated stuff seems pretty good. But they kept on bringing up these Justice League movies and I was really frustrated because I just wanted them to stick with something and go with it, mm. uh, which they have 
decided have not they don't want to do that they just want to make new things every every couple weeks nothing new is coming out a killing joke thing just came out yes so i was look i was reading up on it and uh props to the mary sue comments section comment section those phrase i never thought i'd hear those people are hilarious (laughs) they they Every so often, I, I try not to read the comment section, but every so often someone puts like a meme up or something and I notice it and I go through, they were killing it. Actually, the comments on uh, Amelia Cook's last article were actually pretty, one of them made me guffaw. Yeah. The actual comments on the articles tend to be fine. It's the it's the Twitter fallout from the assholes that usually flares up. Which I wouldn't know about because I don't have Twitter. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I just, I, I wanted to bring it up because I know we had just talked about not judging something before you've seen it, but I, I'm hoping maybe this they'll stick with if it's good, I guess. I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea what they're doing. I'd really like them to find something and stick with it as a lover of Batman, the animated series and, uh, Justice League. I can't remember what they call it, but it's the same art style. It's the same chronological, it's chronological with Batman, the animated series. The the verse. The Deaniverse, uh, yes, I like that, the Deaniverse. Um, I love that stuff. I'd really like them to find another place where they would like to settle and continue because they did some really work, some really good work there. Cool. So, yeah, sorry sorry about switching the rule up on you. <laughs> can, we, can we even have a rule for like five minutes? Well, we, we've had one for 34 episodes. <laughs> a set of them, actually. But that's part of the other segment. I have no segue for this story. That was a pretty good segue. <laughs> it's just in, just interesting. Uh, a 22-year-old cosplayer from Nagoya okay. in Japan yep. goes by the name of Anako. She is a professional cosplayer. Yeah. These are things. I'm sure yes. for most lay people, they go, how can you be a professional cosplayer? Seems odd. How can you make money for just make, wearing costumes and going to conventions? Anako revealed recently, earlier this month, on the Nakai Nomado TV program, they have a segment called the Otaku Report. Oh, really? Sounds like the creepiest news segment ever. Yeah. Um, but she was on that, and she admitted, or admitted, acknowledged, said, <laughs> she wasn't ashamed of it, nor should she be, that at the summer Comiket, Comike, I always thought it was Comike, but it's basically like an amateur comic convention. Okay. Like the big companies don't go there. Right. Dojinshi is a big thing in Japan where people do like homemade comics type of thing. That's pretty cool. homemade everything. She made 10 million yen over two days. 10 million yen? Which is about 97 grand yeah. in US dollars. Yeah, that's pretty good. In two days. Um, further went on to say that we don't know what she actually took home from that because you know she had promotional costs and she had to get there and all that type of stuff. Plus whatever went into... The costumes, you know, the costumes that she made, the cosplay ex- she made for it, and yeah, she's extremely expensive. She's very good, so her costumes are usually pretty expensive. And she did elaborate that she makes about two to four thousand per event and about ten grand a month. Wow, I'd like ten grand a month. I would also like ten grand a month. So shouts to you, Anako, for doing it big yeah. for nerds everywhere. It's actually another one I follow on Instagram. I followed her because she was a suicide girl and you know that like boobs it, who doesn't but she's also she's also a cosplayer and does a lot of conventions and recently right when i started following her she had 
switched to she started a Patreon. Right. Like I assume she has a jobby job as well, but she also started a Patreon where she would do like, you know, instructional videos and stuff like that. And, you know, people who donated got access to all those. Um, she's really good as well. And she hits a lot of conventions. She might actually also be making her living at this. She had an amazing Vincent Valentine from Final Fantasy VII is one of my favorite uh, characters from that franchise. Right. She had like a crossplay of him. That's really cool. And his thing is he's got this weird like gauntlet with like pointy fingers and stuff. And she like made all that. It was really impressive. That's super cool. So again, salute to all the cosplayers out there who are doing it big. And also all the cosplayers who aren't, who are just out there <laughs> for fun and their costumes suck and it's made with like duct tape and cardboard. I always think that's really brave of them, right? To just be like, I really want to dress up and I'm going to go out in this costume, homemade costume. I've done a couple of things for Halloween, but I've never actually gone to a convention as a thing. Mm. Um, I'm hoping, though, next year will be that Caitlin goes to a convention and cosplays here. I have so many things to pick from. You just yeah, you just picked one recently, didn't you? Mm, I don't know. I thought you recently committed to on the show. I'd have to go back and listen. It's always um, it's an it's a thing of money, right? You yeah. have to pay for it to get into the show, and then you got to pay if you want your costume to look good. It does cost money. I mean, you can do things. I was rogue one year for Halloween, and I sort of grabbed some stuff, and I really only paid a lot of money for um the belt buckle which was an X-Men belt buckle, mm. obviously. Uh, and it turned out really well, but it definitely doesn't look professional. So I have never cosplayed because a husky gentleman. And I know, I know, it doesn't matter. Just do, what, do whatever you want. Myself, I cannot bring myself to, you know, try to be Spike Spiegel as <laughs> a uh, balding, hefty gentleman. But hey, shouts to all y'all who do and can. There was a one anime north. It was a woman... Plus-sized woman who was rocking it out as Morgan from Darkstalkers. And that's... That's awesome. That's a ballsy move. Yeah. So, good on you. So, well, that's good. That's all good. And, you know, uh, now that we're done, sort of, I feel like we're coming to the end of the news. <laughs> we can talk about the real important thing that has happened this week. Oh, God. Do you know what I'm going to talk it's about? It's going to be one of three. I don't know what it is. Go ahead. You can now figure out what your Patronus is on Pottermore. That's not, that explains why all those people were <laughs> explains why my Facebook feed was This is a huge thing. This is, is we it, have is been it, is it huge, Caitlin? It's huge. Is we, it huge? Massive. Ginormous. We've been waiting for this for ages. Burr, 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 burr. I know my Hogwarts house. Uh -huh. I know my Ilvermore house. Uh -huh. I know my wand. Uh -huh. And I have been waiting to know my Patronus. Are you excited to know what my Patronus is? Um, excited is not the word. You're ecstatic. I can just I tell. Am, I, am, I am resolute because I'm going to find out whether, regardless of what my level of anticipation is. So, What do you think? Just just take a guess. What are they decided on? When, what? They just hand you one at random? No, you have to do a magical questionnaire. <laughs> I don't know what you answered in the magical questionnaire. What, I don't you... know what the magical questionnaire asked you. It's my spirit animal. What do you think my spirit animal is? A hedgehog. Oh my god, you got it! Are you serious? Yes! <laughs> that is insane! How? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can just, I'm going to show you. Like, I... Right at the bottom there. <laughs> How did you get 
that. Up top. Oh my god. Best friends. <laughs> I am bl- I am blown away right now. Friends, I was totally off the cuff. I did not see her notes beforehand. I did not even know this was a story that was coming up. The lesson is I'm the fucking best. <laughs> my I am the noble, nay, magical hedgehog. And I am very, very excited about this. What's a magical hedgehog? It's just a it's a hedgehog. All hedgehogs are magical. I am a hedgehog. I am so excited about this. Some people are like, I'm a phoenix. And some other people are like, I'm a stallion. I'm like, I'm a freaking hedgehog. I'm adorable and also a lot stronger than I look. So, so Kate. Yeah. What's a Patronus? God. You're the worst. (laughs) A Patronus Uh is your magical spirit animal, basically. What does it do? It defends you from Dementors and is basically the representation of happiness and hope mm-hmm. that you use to defend yourself against Dementors and other dark, creepy creatures. Kate? Yes? If a Dementor is coming for you, Yeah. I do not think a hedgehog's going to do much. Oh, yeah, it will. <laughs> because as I said, hedgehogs are deceiving. They're a lot faster than you think, they're a lot stronger than you think, and they can defend themselves. He's going to roll up in a ball and the, de- the Dementor is just going to look down and be like, oh. No. Take no. Half, a, half a foot step to the right and... Uh... It has a cute waddle. It will distract <laughs> it with its adorable waddle and then it will attack. Trust me. I, I know. And it's going to be great. Because <laughs> the second you found out, you immediately went to Wikipedia and learned everything you could about hedgehogs. Yes. Also, some brilliant person put up a... Basically, what does a hedgehog mean uh, as your Patronus thing? Mm-hmm. And uh, I read that immediately. It's for all the people with cute waddles. Yeah. And awesome Patronuses, apparently. I am very pleased about this. <laughs> I still can't believe you picked it. Why would you pick hedgehog? I mean, it was right. Because what popped into my head immediately was that meme of the hedgehog with like its fist in the air. Yeah. And I was just like, just, I was like, if Kate were an animal, what would Kate be? <laughs> that hedgehog holding its fist in the air. Also, look up videos of hedgehogs eating. That is basically me eating. <laughs> I'm happiest. Yeah, there was that one that made the rounds a couple of weeks ago where it was just like in its ball and somebody brought a little spoon over to its face and yeah. just slowly the legs just like came out. It was like food. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up in a ball till somebody brings you food. Yeah. Hey, senior correspondent, absolutely he would agree with that. <laughs> it's, all about, it's all about me and food, even though I can't have cheese anymore. <laughs> what little food is left that you can eat? Hey, I have been able to find some things. Daya makes a herb and garlic cream cheese that is fantastic, I will have you know. And I can eat sponge cake. Sponge cake, huh? Yeah. That's super. And that it's time for us to go and take a break. <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't have any sponge cake with me to take a break with. Isn't the shit that's like in a crunchy bar? What? No, that's some other stuff. It's not sponge cake. Sponge cake is all soft and all right. fluffy. You put berries on it. <laughs> but no whipped cream because it's dairy. In it. <laughs> Do you put clotted cream on it? I can't anymore. <laughs> Ugh. Make me so angry. All right. You know what? We need to take a break. And when we come back. 
we're going to talk about the things we brought each other. Yeah, we'll talk about some stuff. It'll be great. <laughs> it will be great. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the second part of the program. This is the portion of the show where Caitlin and I will discuss the things we each brought each other, things we like that we are fairly certain the other person would not have encountered in their own viewings and nerdly investigations. But, of course, before we do that, we have rules we have to go through. We do have rules because life just descends into chaos without them. It's true. The first rule is the rule of three. The rule of three. Which is basically the rule that... Of the things we give each other, the person watching it or reading it or consuming it needs to do so with three installments of that thing. You gotta give it a chance. Yes, because specifically with television shows, the pilot is a mess, usually. It's just a mess. Can't just watch that first episode and be like, fuck this, I'm out. Gotta give it two more chances. Yes. The second rule is save it for the pod. Hashtag save it for the pod. Caitlin and I will not discuss the thing. That we have been given with each other until we sit in front of these microphones. No matter how badly we want to yell at the other one. Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> like when they're having panic attacks on trains to Port Hope. It's true. The third rule, which is not really a rule, it's more of a policy, is there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. Lots of spoilers. Sometimes it's not a big issue. Sometimes they're so big an issue, I have to put a preamble at the start of the show. Because we care. A lot. And we want to make sure that those people who definitely don't want any spoilers are not going to yell us yell at us later. The second half of this segment, spoilers are not that big a deal. I imagine the first half, crazy spoilers. Yeah, probably. Not only do we have to spoil the entire anime series, Puella Magi Madoka Magica, to even start talking about the thing that I brought Kate, probably gonna have to end up talking about the ending of that too oh we will definitely be talking about the ending i can tell you that right now so if you have never watched puella magi madoka magica if you have never seen the film rebellion which continues the story of puella magi madoka magica if you didn't even know that movie existed and you want to watch it you need to get out yes you need to get out go on eat sponge cake with clotted cream because i can't please go on get just just get out it's gorgeous today it is it's a really beautiful day it's almost brisk and and i Hold mean on. i don't we don't know if if like the day you're listening to this is going to be nice but i can assume it will be and if, you want to know how nice it is just just listen friends you hear that there are no fans on in here today no no fans no fans you need to make the most of no fan season before it gets to uh six sweater season <laughs> before it gets to if i don't answer that door within 20 seconds of kate telling me she's here um she gets he, real angry I'm real angry i might have gotten frostbite you did not get your fine i'm fine fine now did not get frostbite um all right but let's move on to the things brought each other we like to switch from week to week so this week we are going to start with the thing i brought caitlin which as i mentioned a moment ago is madoka magica the movie colon rebellion Yes. This is the third of a trilogy of movies that came out over the course of 2012 and 2013 that both 
readapt and retell the story of the 2011 anime series, Puella Magica Madoka Magica. Rebellion is of special note because it is a sequel. It continues the story. The ending to Puella Magica Madoka Magica. Yeah. Which I'm just going to say as much as possible through this segment. Really? Is that what was going on? Yep. I had no idea. <laughs> is, is it irritating? What? Is it irritating? No. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep doing it. I know. That's why I didn't say anything. <laughs> the ending of this show, Kate wasn't crazy about. Kate loved the show. I did love the show. Big fan of the show. Huge fan of the show. Not crazy about the ending. To recap, your last warning. The ending of Puella Magica and Madoka Magica ended with Madoka, who up to this point has been teased as being... Having the potential to be the most powerful magical girl ever. In the universe. Ever. Well, in the world. Because basically the character of Homura, who wanted to save Madoka and keep her from becoming a magical girl, and from making the decision to become a magical girl, from making the Faustian bargain with the weird... Demon rabbit cats. cute demon incubator thing yeah. known as Kyubei. Homura kept replaying the same month over and over again possibly for years we, we don't know <laughs> hundreds of times and her wish and basically her manipulation of the time streams is what gave madoka the power that made her so seductive to the incubators because yes, they right. wanted that power that's called irony kids when we left madoka makes the decision to become a magical girl yep and her wish is basically to erase all magical girls <laughs> Or that they don't have to become witches or type of thing? This is the this is the problem here. It's that they... She, I, the idea, I think, behind it is to save the magical girls. Yes. But she doesn't, she's not like, I wish this didn't ever happen. It was like, in, I don't want them to turn into witches. Yeah, in the narrative of the show, basically what would happen is magical girls fight against witches. As you learn through the course of the show, witches are magical girls. Basically, they have these things called soul gems that give them their power. As they go along, if their soul gem fills with despair, they become a witch. Yes. And the only way to avert that is to accumulate... Kill more, kill more witches. Accumulate these things called grief seeds from witches, which can purify a soul gem. The soul gem becomes too contaminated, you turn into a witch. Over the course of the show, Madoka's friend Sayaka becomes a witch. Yep. She submits to it. And the whole show centers around this one giant witch called Valpurgisnacht. I know y'all missed it. It's been a while since I had to say that. Destroys the world, basically. And that's in all the timelines, Madoka dies trying to stop this witch. So basically, when Madoka makes her witch, she's like, I don't want magical girls to become witches anymore. But was not really clear about anything And she basically rewrites the order of the universe. And then what happens is when magical girls submit to despair now, when they're defeated or they're going to die or something... Madoka like appears and as takes, a god would and takes them and somewhere. Takes them somewhere. They like, ascend. Like they ascend, thing. sort of thing. That is how it was left yes. in the show. With Homura, very important. Homura being the only person who remembers Madoka. Yes, it was like Madoka did not exist. Not even her family remembered her. Yeah. There's this conversation with Homura and Madoka's mom at the end that's really sad. And yeah. But then at the very end, and this is very important, Homura tells the creepy alien cat rabbit demon thing um, th- about 
the whole witches thing. And yes, so in the rewritten reality, there are still magical girls. Cubay and the incubators are still there. They are fighting wraiths, they're yes, called. It's right. a different process. It's the same shit still kind of going on, but it's a slightly different process. And yes, Homer tells Cubay, probably just because, you know, she's depressed and Mrs. Madoka or whatever and has no one who would believe her otherwise. Yeah. Tells Cubay that. And Cubay is like, damn, that'd be way more efficient if we could do that. Because he's a weird, evil demon. <laughs> Hyper rational, non emotional utilitarian sort of yes race being there's a bunch of them but they're always appear singularly um that's how it was left when the movie opens everyone's there well what's really interesting is the the movie opens with a dream and and that's how the show opens ah. with the dream and the dream is oh right yeah because in the first she's seeing the End times yes. in the first episode, right? And in the and the, so the dream happens, but the dreams are different. But that first, I'm gonna say like five minutes is the same as the beginning opening of the television show mm. is the same as the movie. So you have this, you know, it's not the same, but you have a couple moments where you're like, what is going on? They did that really well. That setup. The big mindfuck in the early portions of the movie is not that everyone's still, that Madoka's there, that they are in the city, Mitakahara, the city they're in. No, it's what they're fighting. They're all magical girls. They're now fighting creatures called nightmares, not wraiths, which is how the and, show ended off. And not, and not witches. witches. Most interesting, Mommy's still there. Yes, and Mommy was a character who died relatively early on in the series. The infamous episode three of Madoka, yes, where you realize this is not going to be... This is not Sailor Moon. It's not going to be a happy, fun, magical girl show. And not only is Mommy alive, her sidekick is, as far as we know, the witch who decapitated her in the show. Yeah. Her name is Bebe now. Yes. She talks adorably and kind of bounces around and talks about cheese a lot. You can relate. I can relate. Anyway, Being a hedgehog and everything. We'll deep dive the plot in as we go here. I guess the question is, for someone who was not thrilled with the ending of Madoka Magica. Yeah. How do you feel about the giant middle finger that was the ending known as Rebellion? Not pleased. I was not pleased. Nope. Nope. Here's the thing. They knew people weren't going to be pleased. Oh, no, I know. They, I got that. They uh, knew. Yeah. And also it did that thing. I wasn't pleased either. It did that thing where it was like this big universe thing, which they always, I don't understand what their obsession with like the, like everything comes down to the universe and then starts all over. I, I don't get it. But anyways. I guess you could call it a trope at this point. Um, yeah, I was not pleased with the ending. It didn't make any sense, as usual. This is one of my problems with anime, is their endings don't make any sense. This did not make any sense. Because how does love make someone a demon? I don't understand that that didn't work. And then she's a demon, but Madoka is there, but is Madoka also still a god? Let's run down some of these points for, for the listeners. So, yeah, they're all still there. They're all now fighting nightmares. Homura is the first one that starts to see, feel like something ain't right. right here. She asks questions of the other magical girls. Ryoko? I can never remember the redhead's name. I think that's right. Asking Ryoko about, like, her background. Yeah, like, where did you come from? When did you transfer in? Like, yeah. details about her life. And she, like, can't remember it's like, well, let's just go, 
will you just come with me to the city you're from? Yeah. And they try to go, and it's never really there. It's like, she'll be the next stop. And then, and, boop, they've and kind of looped around. Things... So you, you, at the beginning of the movie, everything, except for the dream, but the beginning of the movie, everything's very solid. And then as the movie goes on, things start to deteriorate. Mm. Um, the witches have something in, in the television show, they have something called labyrinths. It's a very different art style. Um, it, it's very cool how they do it. And the, and the movie, you, that's kind of starts to seep into the edges um, and specifically when they go and try and get to this other town, things get really weird. Yeah. I'll play fast and loose with the details here. Basically, Homura realizes or starts to think that, like, this isn't reality. This isn't the city. This is a witch's labyrinth. Yeah. Which, as Caitlin said, that was the witches were the primary enemy in the television series and in the previous two movies of this trilogy. Witches don't seem to exist in this reality, but Homer's like, that's what we're in. And she immediately turns her attention to Bebe, the, who she knows as Charlotte, the witch. Yeah. She now remembers as Charlotte, the witch that killed Mommy. Um, she gets into a rather impressively animated fight with Mommy. A fantastically animated. Super, super well choreographed and put together. Um, they're just like straight John Woo firing bullets. Yep. everywhere it's always off-putting when a magical girl pulls a glock from her sleeve like <laughs> i never did get used to that has a meetup with after this battle with mommy where she gets away she has a meetup with sayaka and sayaka admits hey i remember everything too yeah which is also really weird um and sayaka's like how is it taking you this long to put it together basically where the witch is homura yes which she uh, does realize and did sort of an experiment so with they and... are in Homer's witch's labyrinth. Yes. And, and she's like, how did this happen? How did we get to this point? Basically what has happened is because she told Cube and the incubators all the this information about this about Madoka, whatever Madoka has become, this thing that ascends magical girls, they are calling the law of cycles. So basically what the incubators have done is kind of waited for Homera to essentially reach that point to succumb to despair whenever that was or however that was we don't really know and they put her basically in a pod yeah and like a stasis thing and then when madoka shows up which i it's alluded to this was all intentional yes so that they could that madoka, madoka sayaka and or was the see now i'm getting confused is the madoka in there not the real madoka it was just sayaka and no, bebe no, no, no. who it's, were real no, no no it's the real madoka um sayaka and bebe are all are her like deputies baby who is revealed to be a former magical girl named yes. nagisa um and then also um uh mommy is real and some of the other the family is real i mean people who remember i don't mean real in the in that world i mean people who like remember the world that was oh because mommy doesn't no ryoko doesn't no but sayaka and nagisa slash baby do yes um but that's because that's because they were, um, they are they were taken by Madoka. Yes. Yeah. She sort of like sheltered them. Yeah. So basically, Sayaka and Nagisa, possibly Madoka herself or an aspect of her, have all entered this labyrinth willingly. My understanding, mind you, to try and save Homura, bust Homura out of there to break this stasis pod that they have her in. Yeah. Um. 
And basically how this happens is Homer willingly like transforms into whatever her rather impressive witch and off-putting yes walk to the guillotine um which form is which will just destroy everything around her because homer is like similar to you (laughs) when you were like i'm the crazy lady on the train and life isn't worth living i'm just going to open the door yes and let everything out basically the incubators are waiting for the moment where homer will or where home yes yeah homer they're waiting for the moment where homer will become a witch so that when madoka shows up to ascend her when the law of cycles takes effect yeah they can see it or snag her or control it somehow and homer is like fuck that that ain't happening i'll burn this place to the ground yes and goes straight full witch form which would kill her in the process and this leads to another impressive battle between sayaka basically all the magical girls and homer's witch form sayaka who had transformed into a witch in the series can now willingly transform into a witch which is really cool um she's like fuck it stabs herself boom witch form there they duke it out they end up shattering the essentially cage pod whatever that homer is in they're now all out in the real world yep quote-unquote real world time for goddess madoka to show up and ascend homera and when she does Homura is like, no, bitch. Homura grabs her and says, basically, finally, you finally came back to me. Yeah. And you'll never leave again. Pulls like a part of Madoka out. Yeah. So she pulls like a a part of Madoka out of Goddess Madoka. Yeah. Goddess Madoka is still there and she like pulls school uniform Madoka out. Yes. And somehow... Because her soul gem is infected not with despair, but with a very twisted form of love, as she calls it. Yeah. Because she just has this crazy stalker obsession with Madoka Madoka. at this point. She becomes super powerful in, like, the reverse. Yeah. And she she rewrites the universe again. And as she puts it, because she pulled down a god from heaven... That must make her a demon. She's like, I guess if you need a name for it, I'm a demon. But she's all like evil now. Yeah. Which is like, what? Super unsatisfying. And the universe is rewritten again. And now in the Sayaka still remembers. Yes. Um, And is like, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. <laughs> to Homura. And Homura is like, you're going to step? If you start fighting with me, she might not like you anymore. Meaning Madoka. Yes. And Homer's like straight badass, fuck the world, whatever. The opening scenes of the story in general, where a transfer student arrives, play out. But in reverse, everything up to this point has been Homer arriving as a transfer student. This is now we see Madoka arrive as a transfer student. Yeah. Very timid, very, according to the story, she was in America for a few years and she's transferred back for her parents' work or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And as Homer just kind of like takes each of the narrative and is like, I should show you around, you know, you probably want to see the school. Come on, I'll take you around. And as they're walking, Madoka has this moment where she's like, this is not right. This is not how it should be. And things start to swirl around her. Her quote unquote divinity has apparently not been eliminated. Mm -hmm. It's still there. But Homer just kind of like jumps on her. No, no, none of that. Um, And what does she ask her? 
basically like are you fine with the world as it is or would you is the world so precious to you that you oh would... it, it's basically would you like would you sacrifice everything for love is basically the question something like that and madoka says yes no she says she wouldn't sacrifice everything for love mm. she's like is your family and this world worth basically like giving up love for i think like what whatever well, it is the yeah. question she answers in a way that makes homer go well then i guess you might end up my enemy one day too yeah and had been wearing and gives homer a, or gives they always three syllable names gives madoka back the, her signature red ribbon yeah ties it into her hair goes off on her merry way movie ends Yes, it does. With a weird post-credit scene. An amazing post-credit scene. That finds Homura just sitting on a chair over a cliff, looking up at a moon that has been bisected. There's like a half yeah, moon there. It's, it's an actual half moon. And then you see some rustling in the bushes. And you see a Akubay. And Homura just kind of goes, Ugh. And we don't know what happens, but there's a couple cutaways. And the next time you see a Akubay, he looks mad fucked up and terrified yeah and then homer just kind of dances with this new soul gem thing that she has that has some part of madoka in it and throws herself off a cliff yeah hooray it was very weird it was it was so weird but it was it was so good for so long and then it got so weird <laughs> yeah everything up to the the swerve for swerve's sake at the end yeah like the second Homer decided, I'm evil. That and I've heard some people say Homer did nothing wrong. Eh, fuck you. Yeah. No, there was <laughs> that character got ruined. That yeah, that was very upsetting. And and whether I don't remember if it's the director or the writer or whoever, we're like, yeah, people going to be mad. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad. I guess I'm just disappointed. My parents say that to me all the time. <laughs> um, no, I'm not mad. I just, it definitely went weird and it wasn't fun anymore because it didn't make any sense. And the, the, like you, the visuals were fantastic. The writing was great. Um, I liked, I really did enjoy most of the movie. That ending though definitely upset me. I loved that Cubay because when, um, Homura turns into the demon or whatever. Cubay is like, okay, well, this is way too complicated and uh, and dangerous. So my people are gonna peace out. Yeah. And Homer is like, we, oh we were no, we were stupid to even try to mess with human emotions. This is too, too volatile and makes no sense. Yeah, and Homer is like, oh no, you don't. And she's like, you, they're gonna start fighting wraiths, and you guys are gonna help them. And I think that's why you see Cubay's all like messed up at the end because they've been his people have been like forced to fight <laughs> like the magical girls. And um, I think that's what that's about. So I think that's fantastic because basically Cubay is the reason why everything horrible happens. Because fuck Cubay. That's yeah, why. That's why. Um, so that's what, I, that's what I think that's about. But yeah, that ending and the demon thing, it just didn't make any sense. Well, there's something that came out recently i think it was just like a sizzle reel type of whatever that suggested that perhaps shaft the studio that uh has done madoka since the beginning is gonna do more which let's be honest this ending was probably that swerve was probably put on there to leave an opening so they could do more japan has never met a franchise it did not <laughs> did not love to milk 
if there's more, you just fix it. Please just fix it. Please just fix it. It's really stupid to try and ask for a happy ending out of this sh- out of this franchise, but yeah, it's never going to be happy. But it could be good. Just is, is, course correct. A little, just fix Homura. Yeah, Homura was dope. I always liked her. You had to go and make her the fucking devil. And then she's all weird and sexy. Uh, it just is sexy. Well, she has that like deep sexy voice and it's like there uh, are moments where did you watch the sub or the dub by the way i watched the sub uh oh, no dub i watched the dub i'm so sorry these are all on netflix by the way uh dub was pretty good i thought oh the dub was fantastic i did that thing where i watched the dub but kept the subtitles on just to see what they oh. see what they tweaked i, I do that sometimes because i'm a big nerd <laughs> um yeah no the, the dub was pretty good on this i was impressed but yeah, now because Caitlin has like trained me, I always immediately notice things where like when mommy first shows up, she shows up uh, boobs first. Yes, she does. So bam, boobs. First shot of mommy. Yeah. They've always done that with mommy, which is she's not appropriate because she's supposed to be like 16. And there was another shot where like Ryoko and, and Homer are going to go to Ryoko's hometown. And as, as Ryoko pushes herself away from the table to get up, the shot is under the table, like at her legs, yeah. like almost an upskirt. I'm like, this is a bizarre choice. Could have got that across just by going straight profile, but... Yep. Yep. Fan service. It's our favorite. Well, Or it's not. As always, if we're handing out kick punches to this bizarre mess of a not ending... Yeah. I would say seven. Seven. Seven out of ten. Seven kick punches out of ten. Because I enjoyed it, most of it, and then the ending went all fiddly... Bop. Fiddle doody. <laughs> Fiddly bop. And I no longer enjoyed it. <laughs> Listen, I would say if, if you're a fan of the series and the franchise and you haven't seen this, you should probably yeah. check it out. The fight sim- that fight scene between Mommy and Homura was fantastic. Amazing. So good. It was so good. And even the like the later fight scenes, they were all great. The Even the one visuals. like the token battle that they have with a nightmare. Oh my god, the transformations were on point. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Those transformations were fantastic. So when they do their transformations, but I don't even know if you really saw them that much in the series, but No, you you didn't. You didn't. Um They were all like a different dance style. Yeah. Like like mommy did figure skating, Ryoko did like rock moshing. Yeah. <laughs> Sayaka did break dancing. Another one did like ballet. And just, yeah, the way that they would, like, you'd see one silhouette and another silhouette would, like, smash into it. And, like, yeah. the first silhouette would, like, break away. And then they'd be in their magical girl form. And yeah, it, was, it was super, super cool. There's enough there that if you're a fan of the franchise, if you're not a fan of the franchise, dear Lord, don't watch this movie. Oh, no. Uh, there's no, no point. It will make no sense to you. You can watch the other two before it if you want a condensed version of the story. There are three of these. One's called Beginnings. The second one's called Eternal, I think. And, yeah, this third one called Rebellion. All on Netflix cheap as free or as 10 bucks a month for your enjoyment so yeah that was that that new, was that new kate didn't like the ending of madoka kate still don't like the ending of madoka nope but now we know yeah but there is something i do like what do you like it's called wonderfalls and i gave it to you to watch you did wonderfalls was created by brian fuller who we've talked a lot about lately <laughs> he also uh did two other shows i love called pushing daisies and dead like me he worked on heroes he did those i had no idea he did yes those. he did he worked on heroes he worked on hannibal he is now working on american gods and star trek discovery 
he's fantastic. I'm glad he was born because he's made a whole bunch of my favorite things. Um, it was also created by Todd Holland, who's worked around on different television shows. Nothing as I quite as iconic and quite as recent, um, but he has worked on quite a bit. It is starring, I think the only name that people would really it's know is starring, Lee Pace. Starring no one you know. Well, Lee Pace. Yeah, I recognize his name, but what's he ever done? whole bunch of stuff. He was the bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy. He played the Elf King in The Hobbit. Uh, he, he He's around. He gets around. Is he the dad? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he played Death in... Oh, uh, no, no. No, he wasn't the dad. Well, the dad played Death in Bill and Ted, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I think you might be right about that. No, he wasn't the dad. Sorry, he was the brother. Oh, the yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyways... That's basically, yeah, you really not are not, you might recognize some faces, but you're not going to know any stars. It was created in 2004. It aired on Fox from March to, uh, March to December of 2004. Again, like I said, I loved it. It was canceled after a season and it has appeared on a lot of people's lists of things that were canceled too soon. It centers around, uh, a female protagonist named Jay Tyler, who is a recent graduate from Brown University and she's a recent graduate with a philosophy degree, so basically she's not doing anything with her life. She lives in a trailer, and she works at a Niagara Falls gift shop. That's hence the name Wonderfalls. Um, and she starts to see things talk at her, inanimate objects, all of them being animals. So the first thing I think that talks to her is a wax lion, then a brass monkey, a stuffed bear. I think there's a, one of those fish on the wall that's supposed to sing that ends up talking to her. And they tell her to do good things and sort of lead her in this direction. And she tells a couple of people about it, but mostly she tries to keep it quiet because she thinks she's going crazy. And sort of the series goes from there. There are lots of different characters and what she does impacts a whole bunch of different people's lives. And yeah, so I'm going to, that's kind of the synopsis of the, the story. I can't really get into it like Madoka Magica because there's not much more. It's just a fun, it's, it's a fun thing that I like. Jordan, what, what did you, what did you think about it? You have some notes, which is sometimes not a good thing. I just don't know why this existed. <sighs> no, no. Doesn't mean it was bad. Okay. This is no Black Books, Mighty Boosh sort of thing. All right. I just don't know why this existed. I don't know that this is a story that needed to be told. I think I think it needed to be told. This show has an alarmingly ambitious uh, appetite for CGI for yeah. a show that was out in 2004. Yes. Which means it does not look the greatest. Uh, it's okay. You know what it ultimately comes down to? This is the thing I felt that I, while I was watching this. We are at a point... In peak TV time. Yes. Where if you go back and watch some stuff, mm -hmm. there is clear delineation. I don't know what it would be. Maybe The Sopranos, even though The Sopranos started before this, where like, this is a really TV TV show. It feels like TV. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Nah, kind of. Kind of. Like TV I... now feels like movies. Some kind TV. Of. Some TV now. Like, Community never feels like a movie. No. But it doesn't feel like a straight sitcom either. No, it doesn't. In in aesthetic, to use a word the kids love. This feels like 
what how did I put it in here? Watching a show like this will show you the difference between what nostalgia thinks that time was like and what it actually was. Like it very it, it feels I'm actually surprised that it was that it came out in 2004. I immediately felt like a late 90s show. Right. Um, you know, cuz now the kids all think that like the 90s and the early aughts were, you know, rounded glasses and mon- acid watch jeans and you know, whatever the hell else they're wearing right now. Bucket hats. Oh god, that was <laughs> that was mid 90s latest. When it was really yeah, this chunky knee-high boots and, you know, bad blazers and lack of ambition <laughs> sort of thing. It's not exactly lack of ambition. I think it's the... I, I mean, when the character. I like this this story because I actually started watching it when I had gotten out of high school. And, you know, there is a lot there that people are going through now, kind of having useless degrees. And what are you going to do with your life? Oh, I, of course, see myself totally in this show. <laughs> but just, it just, I couldn't shake this idea that, like, this feels like a TV show. Not like a fr- not even going to damn it with the, you know, Saturday night TV show that I've given, you know, like Franny Fisher or things like that. Right. It didn't feel like, you know, the sort of show that gets tossed off to, you know what? Sci-fi shows look like TV shows. Yes. Now. Yes. Like Winona Earp looks like a TV show. Yeah. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Not necessarily. I'm just, I'm, I've been spoiled by, so basically by you, peak TV. You don't want to watch tv shows because you've got peak tv shows and they're better and now basically you are a snob you are a tv show snob (laughs) this will alarm no one who knows me (laughs) and probably most people who listen to the podcast and don't know me uh but yes listen this i feel like had this show hit a couple years later yeah the people making it other things in the tv landscape would have happened that would have made this show just that much more cleverer, sophisticated, or like the Ugh. dialogue would have been a little snappier. Such a snob. There were bits in there. Listen, I'm gonna say right now, the second episode where it was like the with the old the high school reunion episode. Yeah. Where you know the high school princess figure has returned and Jay is talking to her friend and it's like it's like, I suggested we go out clubbing with her. We should go out clubbing with her. And her friend's like, what, on seals? <laughs> I'm like, I sorted. It's a good bit of dialogue. That joke, I feel like, could have floated on a show that was out today. If this show, but like, that was like one, one thing that popped. There were maybe like two bit jokes in there that popped for me in the whole three episodes. The rest of it was just kind of, eh. I just don't understand. Why are you lying in bed while the lion like keeps like singing or whatever? Just open your door and throw it outside. Problem solved. Because you can't do that with <laughs> a thing with a face. Because you need a TV show <laughs> to keep the plot going. It wasn't bad. I didn't mind watching it. It didn't irritate me. Like the bush. Like the bush. <laughs> like black books. Those irritated me. This did not. I was just like, I understand why this got canceled no that's terrible it wasn't at the time bad, at the but time, it wasn't good at the time it was very very different it was very much like dead like me and pushing daisies it was very very different um and unfortunately i guess i'm just one of the smaller number of people who like their shows very very different and to feel like tv shows whatever that means <laughs> listen Ab- abed love tv that feels like tv too there you go i'm in good company then um, with fictional characters, as usual. The Viewmaster transitions? Bad call. 
I don't think it was a bad call. It was a bad call. It was annoying. They they need to do that. Well, do you write should, television should, shows? Should, should have tried it in the pilot, know? got a note from, from the network, and then said, okay, and got rid of them. Or used them, like, once. Not for, like, every scene transition. Fine. <laughs> so. You know what? The, know what's going to happen? So salty. Do you know what this is, what's going to happen? Hmm. Just what happened last time. How now you've only got, like, two friends. And one of them is me. And one of them is stupid Matt. And that's it. Everyone else... <laughs> Everyone else agrees that Black Books is fantastic and you're an idiot. Listen, I may have gotten a request from a member of the audience asking for you to give me something good next time, but... Oh, so I'm sorry, three friends. Someone's trying to get on your good side. <laughs> no, still two friends. <laughs> just just two friends. Because it was stupid, Matt. <laughs> oh, said, wa- stupid Matt. <laughs> said, Watch how quick she goes from defending you over the use of that name. <laughs> Stupid Matt. Um, this is a comment. This is a note I have in here that might make sense only in my brain and not to you, but okay. I have written down here: this show is like Breaker High for adults. That is so mean. It just felt like Breaker High. How like could it just you say it that looked like Breaker High. It, it did felt not like look Breaker like, High. It did not look and or feel like Breaker High. Now, granted, I never watched Breaker High aside from you know five seconds when I was waiting for it to end on YTV before <laughs> Sailor Moon started or something. Um. Yeah, just you know, Breaker High, another TV show that really looks like a TV oh, show. Oh, that is a completely different thing. <laughs> that is a low-budget television series about a high school on a cruise ship. <laughs> it's on a boat, y'all. That it's is on a boat. It's a completely different thing. And it gave us Gosling. It, it, true, it did give us Gosling. You will thank the Lord every and, day for Breaker High. And Young Hercules. Huh? <gasps> Ryan Gosling was in Young Hercules. Oh, God. So good. Like I have to watch that, am I? <laughs> no, it's a, it was it was actually terrible. I, I would never make you watch that. I mean, you know, I did get a couple laughs when, when, once again, this is my new bit that I love. When the lesbian sister, yeah, who you know, you know, she's a lesbian. How she was looking at boobs. <gasps> she's looking at a girl's boobs and her butt. Oh my god, she's a lesbian. Oh my god. <laughs> when she has decided that the way to get it on with her lesbian crush is to uh, drug up their dad who's been <laughs> hit by a car. <laughs> driven by Jay, it should be said. He proves to be very demanding and, and needy while injured. And the sister is trying to you know, get out of this responsibility to go and see her her lesbian crush and decides the best way to get around this is to dope the dad up till he like falls asleep and then have <laughs> the crush come over. And as they're, like, making out or doing whatever. Because they never really show anything because, you know, America wasn't ready for that. Definitely not. And he, like, they look up and he's just wandering through the hallway in a drunken <laughs> stupor. Drugged up, you know, haze in his underwear. <laughs> I was like, all right, male nudity is always funny. I like that. <laughs> nudity in general is just hilarious. So, I mean, it, it got it got a chortle or two. Not many. I'm I'm scared to ask how many kick punches. It was like six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. All right. I, there's nothing much I can do. I can't change your tastes. It's better. It's better than the boosh. It is. It. It's better than the boosh. I just gonna. I'm gonna have Hash, to take that to heart. Hashtag better than the boosh. Better than black books. <sighs> I just. I'm. We just don't have the same taste in things sometimes. This is why we did the show, right? And the whole been the third episode with the with the. 
journalist, but is she a journalist and stalking her and like no journalist operates like that. And that article she wrote as the journalist would never get published. It's See, and this is the thing. Things are silly in television shows and it's fine when it's community. But and first I thought it was just the British accents was a no go. But now I just think you're really picky. I mean, what kind of silliness there is. Like, you demand a suspension of disbelief from me about, you know, Bernard Black making his taxes into a coat. Uh, yeah. But when the movie about zombies didn't kill the pregnant woman and I and the made, child because maybe zombies can sing. I made a small point about that. <laughs> All right. And taxes out of a coat is hilarious. God. Fucking Black Books. <laughs> going to be the new mighty boosh isn't it nothing will ever be the mighty boosh <laughs> thank god all right do you have any like, other notes like to throw the mighty boosh off of the wonderfuls no i don't have any other notes really i was just i couldn't that was my one big takeaway it was just i kept thinking about this idea about like something laid down the line at some point i don't know what show that was whether it was Mad Men or I, Sopranos I, or Breaking doubt, Bad or whatever. I doubt it was... No, Breaking Bad was way after. Yeah. I doubt it was one show. I think there was just... Um, there was just. It started to be that there was more money in television. The, the rise of premium TV shows. Yeah. How at Whatever form that took, whether it was a drama or a comedy or whatever, really kind of spoiled me and did in shows like this for me, unless it was really something special. All right, well, they can't all be winners. Right. And uh, Matt, I'm hopefully next week, I'll figure out something that's good. Stupid Matt. You're taking this one harder than you should. I did not dislike this show. I know, but I really love this show. And I did watch it at a time where TV was still TV. <laughs> so who knows if I went back and watched it and was like, eh, I really like this show. I really like Brian Fuller's work. I'm really excited for American Gods and for Star Trek Discovery. And I don't know. I'm just disheartened. That's all. And plus, not being able to take solace in cheese just makes these things harder to take. <laughs> well, if you would like to watch Wonderfalls, it is nowhere legally. But if you're industrious and you have access to something called YouTube. Or you can go out and buy it. They all there. Or you can buy it. Uh, as Kate mentioned, this got canceled in the first season. Got canceled after five episodes, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Look that up. They made the whole 13 yes, in the season. Did. All 13 have been released on those things. DVD. DVDs. I was like, what else has it been released on? As well, like, in reading the wiki, I guess on the commentaries, Fuller, like, said where they would have gone had they, like, apparently they intended it to be a self-contained story. Right. For that first season. And then talked about, like, where they were going to go later. Like, season two was going to end with her getting committed. Right. Then <laughs> season three was going to be her helping other patients in an asylum. <laughs> I was like, are you serious right now? Or are y'all going mad dark? They might have worked. <laughs> you don't know. Might have worked better than this season. He worked on Hannibal. <laughs> he did. That worked out just fine. He did until it got canceled. It's not a good track record, okay? So did Pushing Daisies and Dead Like Me. But not Star Trek. Well, it's not out yet. I'm just putting that, I'm secreting that out into the universe for you. Thank you. All right. Well, I think that's, I think that's all. Do we have any updates this week? Um, thank you to everyone for supporting me and my love of black books. I really appreciate it. 
it it's it was really needed. Uh huh. Uh, that's the those are all my updates. You watch any? You not watch anything else? Um, I started watching this terrible Canadian television show because I'm a masochist. Those are my favorite. Yeah, it's really terrible. <laughs> what is it? I. Okay, I think it's called... Being Erica? No, I think it's called... Being Erica wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, I think it's called When the Heart Calls, but it should be called Coal Valley. Is this is a horse show? No, no, no. It's 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 very much like uh, Road to Avonlea, uh-huh. but way sappier and not as well made and not as well acted. <laughs> but hey, I need my period drama fix and it's on Netflix, so it's technically free for me. Oh, that's drama set in a different time period? Yes. Not dramas for when you're on your period? No. It's just checking. No, it's set in 1910, Ah. which is the same time as around Anne of Green Gables and Road to Avonlea. That that, that a good year for you? That a good good period? You like that? Definitely a good good period. It's a great period. Like puffy sleeves. They got high collars. What else do you need? Strapping young men. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) What else do I need? Um, Atlanta is still dope. Are there more? Are there more episodes out now? Can you uh, give it to me to look at? Fourth one came out. You can look at it if you want. I thought maybe talk about next week. Maybe I don't know if we want to wait till the season was over, but maybe maybe we'll see. Uh, yeah, fourth episode, little weaker than the three that came before it, but not bad by any means. Darius is still <laughs> amazing. <laughs> he comes out. He's eating like cereal in a mug. <laughs> That is a perfectly good thing to do. And Glover like gives him this look and he's like, well, it's a breakfast cup. <laughs> he's like, you made that up. He's like, everything's made up. Mm? Stay woke. <laughs> <laughs> Even that's Amazing. funny. Um, so yeah, that's still been kind of fun. Like I said, episode four, a little weirder than straight up funnier, but still funny. And ooh, just before he got here, like an hour before he got here. Yeah. Season finale of Food Wars. Great. <laughs> Yeah. So excited. Stagiary is over. How how'd it go? He passed. Great. He he has made strides in developing his own cooking. Oh, so he's not just copying his father's anymore. No. <gasps> he's taking elements from French cooking and started implementing that. He knows he needs to like break out and be basically what they have developed over this season is that it's actually a good monologue that naked apron guy had at one point when basically one of these guys on the elite 10 which is like that shadowy student council or whatever yeah all through the autumn elections which is most of the season which is like a big iron chef food tournament whatever this one guy on the elite 10 has been like trying to set soma up to fail and basically his you know, dorm mate, the naked apron guy, mm-hmm. who was also on the shadowy student council. It's like the thing that you and everyone else doesn't really get is that someone doesn't really have pride. Like if something doesn't work, he just learns from his mistakes and keep going. Yeah. If he doesn't know something, he doesn't get disheartened. He doesn't feel ashamed for not knowing it. He just keeps going. Yeah. What you and what everyone around here hates is that if you see him succeeding, it means you're not putting in enough work. And that's why you hate him. Right. And that's kind of been Soma's journey. That's been the aspect to his character that's been added this season. And then he goes and works in a French kitchen and is like, admits to himself that like, I don't know nearly as much as I need to know if I'm going to be the very best. He's got to like. Like no one was before. Yeah. Like no one ever was, Kayla. I don't 
no, I didn't watch Pokemon. So yeah, that ended. Um, And no one got naked in the finale. I'm glad that people are learning lessons about just getting up and continuing on even if you fall down. No one got naked in the finale. I heard that part. Um, I'm, no one. I'm shocked from a point of view of, wow, that's like good progress for the show and not shocked because most people don't get naked in shows. <laughs> Just from that out there. <laughs> Caitlin, anime. It's true. It is anime. <laughs> get a meme of me like the ancient aliens guy. Is <laughs> that me going... Anime. anime. I'm sure it's out there. I mean, not you, but I'm sure the the ancient aliens guy is. There's one that says anime. <laughs> like every every time Caitlin finds something bizarre or that makes no sense or is offensive, I'll just be like Caitlin, anime. Yeah, that's what you do, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. It's basically my entire <laughs> contribution to the show. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for us. I think those are all the updates. All I the think so. Oh, uh, weather report for next week is looking good. So definitely get out there. I just wanted to throw that in there. Check that during the break. Yeah. Well, there you go, friends. Whenever you're listening to this, we hope you're outside. Yeah. And we're, we 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 hope that you um, enjoy your week. Hope and you're we'll... not at a desk doing spreadsheets or something. Hey, listening to us. you know what? Spreadsheets are fantastic. I'm just saying. I love spreadsheets. <laughs> it's a big part of my job, and they have saved me more than once. you okay? Because my initial reaction is, fuck you, Excel. And then I just remember the scene in season six of Community where the teen learns how to use Excel and really wants to tell Jeff, and Jeff ignores him. And then, like, a French torch song starts about Jeff not wanting to know about Excel. <laughs> the dean sadly looks at him walk off. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. Excel is very important. Pivot tables, y'all. Anyways, I hope everyone has a great week, whether they're doing Excel or not. And we'll see you next week. That we will. We hope you will join us then. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. And we'll be back here with you next week for another fantastic episode of The Geek Down. See you then. the tugboat of my brain going through (laughs) you'll get there eventually buddy